Good evening, New Life Austin. Uh, it's Wednesday night. Welcome to our midweek service. And as you can see, I'm recording from home. Uh, I am at home quarantining, and my wife and I are here, of course, recovering from COVID. So, uh, but I feel uh, well enough to uh, speak to you. So I wanted to and give you some updates, uh, give you some updates on just things in our lives, also the church general issues, of course, that we're facing. But also want to leave you a little word from the Lord in our uh, series, uh, Living in Hope, that I've been doing on Wednesday nights and looking forward to that. So um, first of all, thank you for your prayers and all your care, your love for us. My wife and I are doing well. Uh, we are uh, managing our symptoms at home. Today was a good uh, day. Uh, yesterday was a good day. And uh, we are, we're doing uh, much better. Uh, we're not taking any chances. We're uh, following through with treatments as necessary and uh, wanting to be fully recovered and obviously don't want to uh, spread this to anyone else. So we are uh, being prudent and quarantining. But thank you. Thank you so much uh, for your care. And I, I want to say this, though, as Austin is going through this surge of cases, uh, we're going to see many more people likely, uh, even in our sphere of acquaintances, our church family, your families who are going to probably get uh, sick with COVID. And there's a very wide range of reactions that people have. There's various symptoms. Symptoms are very diverse and they affect people differently. Um, but I want to assure you to move forward in faith. Um, the overwhelming number of people who contract COVID are able to manage their symptoms at home and uh, they don't need to go to the hospital. And those that do go to the hospital, most of them are able to come home uh, fairly quickly. Most of them don't wind up in the ICU. And so I know that we have a, a major issue in our society, in our city, in our county, uh, really is a, just a matter of sheer numbers. But on an individual basis, your risk is uh, fairly low and you have a very high probability of doing just fine. So I wanna encourage you, to march forward in faith and not be afraid. Uh, take every precaution you need to take. Uh, use wisdom. Uh, you don't wanna put yourself in unnecessary harm. Use wisdom, uh, but uh, take care of yourself. If you have symptoms, pray, pray. Put your name on the church prayer list. Ask friends to pray for you and uh, go get medical attention. Uh, as soon as you have symptoms, go get medical attention and uh, most of us will be fine. So I don't want you to worry. When you see names beginning to show up on our prayer list, um, I don't want you to have this sense of, of, of panic, which is like, oh my goodness, it's in the church now. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of us uh, probably that, that get this. It's, it's going around, but we're going to be okay. We're going to recover. We're going to do fine. And so I want you to have confidence. I don't want you to be unduly afraid. And so we're going to be the church. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to pray for one another. And uh, the biggest issue... <laughs> The biggest issue is the isolation. Our economy, our society, our church. Uh, this isolation is not good for us, and uh, this is the biggest challenge that we're having. And so uh, we have to strive to remain connected. We have to make, be very intentional about that. And so before I move into my lesson, I want to remind us all again, take those steps uh, to connect with friends, loved ones, church members, reach out to people. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a little congestion still, reach out to people. 
Touch them. Uh, people that go to our church, maybe you haven't talked to in a while, call them, talk to them. Um, people you haven't heard from in a while, um, give them a shout, reach out, encourage them. Uh, take those initiatives to reach out. And I assure you that as you reach out to other people, you'll feel encouraged. As you, as you feel like you're nurturing and encouraging and shepherding someone else, you'll feel encouraged. Um, if you just bottle up, if you just, uh, you know, are at home and, and you can't go to work or school or store or whatever, and you're getting discouraged, or even if you, you're maybe sick yourself, if you just bottle up yourself at home, you're going to be so uh, miserable. But if you'll just start reaching out, touch people, text people, call them, FaceTime, Facebook, whatever you do. Uh, if you can see someone in a very safe way somewhere, fine. But uh, reach out and you're going to feel better. And as you begin to pray for people and lift them up in prayer, let them know you're praying for them, you're going to feel so much better. And so I want to encourage you to do that and take some time to laugh. Um there's still humor in life. There's still funny things going on out there. And uh, try, to, try to unplug from the political nonsense. Try to unplug from all the negativity. Uh, try to unplug from every uh, explanation about why the politicians are bad or why there's conspiracies or why this is wrong or that. Just, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Just try to unplug from that stuff and uh, live, live, live a life uh, of productivity with your loved ones, with your church family, uh, with your neighbors and those you love, and live a life uh, that is free from a lot of that stuff. We're shifting gears a little bit. We've had a few people diagnosed at the church, of course. You're aware of that if you're on the prayer list. We've had a few uh, diagnosed at church, my wife and I, of course. Uh, we've also had others uh, associated with our worship team. Uh, Brother Matthews Thomas, of course, early on, and then uh, last week, our uh, guitar player and drummer, uh, Tyson Rayleigh, Brother Bob, our saxophone player, and so we're, we're making some, some adjustments. I'll say more about that in a minute for our prayer request, but we're making some adjustments for our worship set. As you saw just now, uh, we used a recorded uh, uh, worship set that we had uh, recorded a long time ago. Uh, for Sunday, we have some uh, sets, some more simplified sets that we're using uh, for the next couple of weeks. What we're trying to do is minimize the number of people that are in contact with each other, uh, and particularly our worship team. And all of these services are pre-recorded. We're not doing any true live services because there are so many things that can go wrong, and we don't want to risk you not being able to have church. And so we record these in advance. And so we have some worship sets already recorded. Uh, and so we will be putting a pause on our live recordings or on the recordings for a few weeks because we have things already uh, stored up ready for you. Uh, and we're doing that to kind of put a pause on the risk that our teams are facing right now. We don't want this spreading anymore among our groups uh, that are meeting at the church. So that, that'll be somewhat transparent to you, but you, you may see some things in the transitions in our videos and things, uh, but that's what's behind that. We are taking every step to be cautious and protect our team and at the same time deliver meaningful ministry to you. Now, here's what you can do. Uh, New Life Austin, if, I want you to make sure that when we are having service, yes, it is pre-recorded, yes, but when we're having service, Sunday at 11, Wednesday at 7.30, I want you to be logged on somewhere watching this. Why? 
One, it's discipline. It is spiritual discipline. This is what we do at this time. Our family goes to church. Church is not in a place now. It's in our homes or our car, wherever it's at. But we're going to church. We're guarding that time. So 11 a.m. on Sundays, 7.30 p.m. on Wednesdays, we are going to church. It's good for us. It's discipline. It's spiritual discipline. It's focus. It also brings spiritual unity. Our church is hearing the same message. Our church is praising at the same time. We're singing the same songs at the same time. We're listening to the same word at the same time. And we're tuned in in spiritual unity at the same time. It's vitally important. It helps keep momentum spiritually. It helps us as a church maintain that forward motion. And so I'm asking you to do that, to maintain that. And I greatly appreciate that. And while you're watching, give us a like or share down below. This will help your friends. Um, see that you're on and this will let your friends see what we are doing and it'll be a blessing for them. I want us to go to prayer right now. I know many of you have prayer requests, you have needs, and I want us to pray and ask for the Lord's help right now. Uh, I mentioned several names just in passing while we go, uh, but pray for Matthews, um, Thomas for his total recovery, Tyson Rayleigh, uh, Herman, uh, Henry is the spouse uh, of Irma Henry who attends our church. He is on a ventilator. He's not doing well. We need to pray for him. He needs a miracle of healing. Uh, Brother Bob Reynolds goes to our church, has COVID. Uh, he's been having some challenges. We need to pray for him, uh, pray that the Lord would give him healing. He's at home, as far as I know, doing, doing fine with treatments there, but uh, is having some uh, symptoms. So we need to pray for him and pray for healing. Uh, there are several others that have been exposed, uh, likely, as I said, we're going to likely see some more positive tests, uh, but I want us to pray, and if you have a need, I want you to pray. that we, We've been getting uh, uh, testimonies of miracles, uh, miracles of provision, God's providing, uh, job situations. Uh, uh, just this week, I heard of several that God had provided for financially in great ways. I want to encourage you to, to pray in faith right now that God can answer in your home right now while you are praying. And so I want us to pray. Would you just grab the hand of the person you're near right now if you're sitting next to someone? And uh, I want us to pray right now. Would you do that? Lift your voice. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. Lord, we feel you even right now. God, I pray in, that you would reach out your presence in every home, every individual that's tuned into this. I pray for your strength. I pray for your courage. I pray for your deliverance. I pray that you would, Lord, let a sense of hope and direction, a sense of purpose, a sense of value and meaning be rebirthed in us. Let us know that your eye is on the sparrow, Lord. Let us know that you know the number of the hairs on our heads. Let us know that the eyes of the Lord, Lord, they go to and fro throughout the earth. Your eyes are on the righteous. You see where we are. I pray against fear and anxiety, God. I pray against things that would attack your people. I pray, Lord, that you would bring encouragement and strength. We give you all the praise. Why don't we just give the Lord praise together right now? Would you do that? Just lift your voices together. Lord, we worship you today. God, we give you glory and praise. That's it. Come on. I know you're just sitting there watching us at home, but don't, don't get lackadaisical. Let's give the Lord some praise together right now. God, I praise you today, Lord. I worship you. Lord, you are great. You are greatly to be praised. And in this circumstance that we're in, we lift a voice of praise, a high praise to you, Lord. A shout of victory, Lord. You are victorious. You are the King of glory. And we worship you and we celebrate you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Well, if you have your Bibles, give me a like down below. Amen. We uh, won't have the caption uh, today because I'm recording this at home, so you'll have to use your Bible. So uh, grab your Bible. I want to uh, continue in the series that I've been teaching on living in hope. Living in hope. Peter says in his epistle, first epistle, he said, we are born again to a lively hope. And as I'm reading that passage, it's really just speaking uh, volumes to me. Uh, this this whole idea that we're born again is first of all is just amazing, and I'm constantly uh, I'm constantly just sort of arrested when I read this concept of being born again, because to be born again means that all things become new. When you're when you're born, you, your entire life is before you, and when you're born again, uh, your new life is before you. A, a baby has no history. A baby has no mistakes. A baby has no failures. A baby only has possibility. And when we're born again, we get a life in Christ of possibility. Everything in front of us, every opportunity, every possibility, every possibility to live life. Jesus said that he was come that we could have life and life more abundantly or, or live life to the full. And so this idea of being born again we get this opportunity to live. We get this opportunity for uh, to explore the possibilities that God has for us, that our, our steps are ordained by the Lord, that our future is laid out in his plan. And so this whole idea of being born again, it's not just this emotional experience. It's not just this moment in time. And it is all that. It's not just this, you know, this transition status where we go from sinner to saint. And yes, it is that. But the literal meaning of this metaphor of being born again, I get a brand new life. Amen. Now, what kind of deal is that? You get a brand new life in Jesus Christ. And so we're born again. All things are new. And Peter says we're born again unto a lively hope. So in other words, this being born again is not the and it is the beginning. And so we're born again, but we're born into this era. We're born into this way of living. And at the end of this journey, <coughs> at the end of this journey, there's resurrection. That's the hope that's at the end of this journey. And so we're born again into this living hope, this living hope of resurrection. Now, I, I, I won't say much about resurrection tonight. But as I've mentioned in previous lessons, that is the end. That is where we're headed. That is where we're going. And that's where all of our hopes are ultimately is in the resurrection. All things will become new. Every tear is wiped away. Um, that's where justice is meted out. That's where uh, we, we have the, the complete redemption of our bodies. And what a glorious time that will be when we, when we have total uh, redemption in the presence of the Lord. But I do want to urge us to have our focus on that. And as I mentioned in my last lesson, what are the evidences that we are living in eager expectation of the soon return of the Lord? What are the evidences in our lives? What are the evidences in your life today that you are living in expectation of the soon return of the Lord? I want to have that hope. Amen. I want to live with that expectation. I don't want to get too buried with the stuff in this world, but I want to live with that, that expectancy, with that yearning, with that longing, not with a sense of interruption. Well, I hope the Lord doesn't come. I've got too many things I want to do. No, 
to live with that, that sense of earnest expectation, the Lord is coming, and to live in that hope. That's the hope we're living in. So we're born again into a lively hope. But what we're concerned with now is that in-between time. It is the in-between time that is our concern. We've been born again. We have this hope. And so what does living in hope look like? What does, what does living in this in-between where we're born again, we are hoping and we have this hope. What does this in-between life look like? What does the in-between life look like? That's what I want to talk to you about tonight, is living in hope. Living with the reality that there's hope inside me. Living with the reality that eternity is inside of me. Living with the reality that there's more to my being than the things that are visible around me on any given day. Living with that sense that there is eternal purpose in me, that there is eternity to be lived, and I will live it. How does that affect my life today? What does it mean to live with that sort of expectation and promise on my life? Well, one of the things that is that is uh, sort of sobering to think of, and that is the life that we live now is what connects us between the moment of our new birth and the fulfillment of our hope resurrection. And so our life that we are living is the bridge between our new birth and resurrection. It's the bridge between our being born again and receiving the fullness of our inheritance with God. And so what that means is the life I live is very important. The life you live is very important. It's not just this throwaway thing. It's not, well, I got saved, I was born again, so I'm going to heaven someday, and then everything in, in between doesn't matter. Everything in between matters extraordinarily. Everything in, the, in between matters in, in an enormous way, and indeed is the bridge between my birth, my new birth, and my resurrection. And so living in hope, Living in hope means a lot of things. I want to talk about some of those. One of the things that living in hope means is that it means that we're living in a way so that we're striving. We're striving. That's right. Living in hope means that we are striving in the present to allow the realities of this new birth and even the realities of our future resurrection to be manifested in us right now. So in other words, if I've been born again, there's evidence of that. If I am living with eager expectation of the return of the Lord, there's evidence of that. If I do live as one who has a hope of resurrection, there's evidence of that. And this is what the evidence looks like. I want to read some passages. Paul in Philippians chapter 3 Verse 13, he says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Notice that language. I'm pressing, I'm straining, I'm leaning into the future. 
This, this living in hope is a life of striving where we are searching and yearning and longing for resurrection, where we are yearning and longing to live in a way that leads us to resurrection, where we are living in a way where resurrection is our focus. And so Paul says, I press towards the goal. I'm leaning into it. Paul told Timothy uh, in several places, in the epistles to Timothy, he said to fight a good fight. He said, war a good warfare. You think about that. Uh, he's been born again. He has the hope of eternal life. But this in-between time, this time when he's living in that hope, Paul says it's a warfare. He says, I want you to fight, Timothy. He says, fight the good <clears throat> warfare. <coughs> Excuse me. Fight the good warfare. Be a good soldier. In other words, there's this striving that goes on in the in-between times between born again and between resurrection. Now, let's just dial it all down real simple and plain here. In the last couple of months, we've been through a lot of stuff. We've had all sorts of, of upheaval and turmoil in our nation, uh, in our society. There's been all kinds of crazy things going on. We've had this uh, pandemic, other things. And, you know, there's some days where you don't feel very encouraged. There's some days where you feel maybe even a sense of doom or a sense of gloom or maybe you feel a sense of, of being overwhelmed or maybe you feel a sense of what's the point? What are we doing? Is there any goal to this? You feel the sense of maybe lacking purpose or you feel the, you feel the void of not having direction. Well, we've all felt that on some day or another in the last couple of months. But those are the days where you do like Paul told Timothy where you fight. I have also in this same time period gone to the Lord in prayer and said, this is not right. I am not going to feel the gloom. I'm not going to feel the overwhelm. I'm not going to feel the discouragement and to fight through until you feel victory. Amen. And, and even today in prayer, I was praying and I felt this, this wonderful breakthrough of faith because we are in a fight. We strive. Uh, living in hope doesn't mean that I live in bliss. What it means is that I live a life that is striving. There are days where I have to take the battle to the forefront. There are days where I have to advance the battle. There's days where as a redeemed person, a born-again person with the hope of resurrection called over me, I have to step into the battle and I have to do, I have to do that spiritual warfare and pray my way through to victory. And you can do the same thing. We, as people of faith, we strive, we wrestle against things that would come against us. And when we're in difficult places, we push, we push, we push in the spirit. And we, and we, uh, we see the victories that come to us. Amen. And so we strive. Elsewhere, Paul likened the Christian life to a race. He likened it to a fight. And in those contexts, his point was intentionality. He said, we don't run um, or fight, you know, just like we're beating the air or we don't run kind of aimlessly. But he said, we run on purpose and we fight with intention. In other words, I don't wake up tomorrow and read the news and say, oh, great, the pandemic's spiking or, oh, great, school's going to be delayed or, oh, great, the governor said we can't do this. I don't wake up and read the news and say, well, you know, tell me what my mood's going to be today. I wake up, I go to the Lord in prayer, and I pronounce over my life and my family the promises of God. 
and I declare the truth of God's promises. That's what living in hope looks like. Amen. To live in hope means that I stand as a born-again Christian. I stand as a person who has resurrection proclaimed over me. It is already foreordained for me that I will be glorified one day. Therefore, I stand in the present. Living in hope means that I speak hope. It means that I speak faith. It means that I bring down strongholds in my life. It means I stand in the gap for my family. I stand in the gap for my church. It means that I move forward when, when I don't feel like moving forward. I don't care what the news says. Yes, it could be bad, but I will stand in that gap for my life, for my family, and I will declare victory. That's what living in hope looks like. Amen. We are born again unto a lively hope. And I live in hope today. I live in hope today. Writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. He said, therefore, since we are surrounded, you know this passage, it comes right after Hebrews chapter 11. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. He said, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. And let us run the race with patience. Run the race with patience. It's endurance. It's day after day. You run the race with patience. What does that mean? Well, he just gave us an example of people that were tortured, people that were uh, persecuted, people that went through all sorts of things, people that were killed, people that didn't receive their promises. That's the example that he just gave us. And then he said, because we have this great cloud of witnesses, we ought to run with patience the race set before us. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What's he saying? What he's saying is that you're not going to win the race in one day. The race is a lifetime race. And this is what living in hope looks like. I run the race in hope. I run the race trusting God. I run the race with perseverance, with patience, with endurance. In other words, I keep running this race. That's what living in hope's like. Some days are long. Some days are hot. Some days are, 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 are extraordinarily brutal. But we live in hope. We run in hope. We run with purpose. So, if I am living in hope, what does it look like? What does it look like if I'm living in hope? Well, it looks like I'm making an effort every day. All right? If I'm living in hope, I'm making an effort every day. I'm not just waiting for the return of the Lord and living life in some nonchalant sort of of you know, defeated way or some sort of cavalier way or, uh, you know, some sort of deterministic way where, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. No, if I am living in hope, then my life looks like a life where I'm making an effort every day. It is a race. It is a fight. It is a journey. I am living like I have hope. Here's the question. If you do have hope, then what is your life? Should, what should your life look like today? I live as a person who has promise on me. I live as a person who has hope on me. Let me ask you a hypothetical question. If you were heir to a, to a throne, if you were in line to become king or queen in some grand monarchy somewhere, if that was your plot in life, how would you live your life? 
Would you just go out and live like some bum and just say, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen when they, they know when dad kicks the bucket, I'll be king. No, you're preparing. You're living with dignity. You're living with privilege. You're living with, you're living with as much accomplishment and preparation as you can. You're walking in the calling that has been placed on you. You're walking as if you are what you're going to be. You're walking in a journey. You're walking on a path. You're, you're on the way to becoming what's been decreed over you. And so if we have been decreed, if it has been decreed over us that we will have resurrection and that we will reign with Jesus Christ someday, then we live like that. Now we live in hope. And so right now I'm living like I am redeemed. I'm living like I've been born again. I'm living like there's resurrection in my future. I'm not living like I've run out of gas. I'm not living like I've run out of hope. I'm not living like I have no, 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 uh, no victory in this life. I'm living like I've been transformed. I'm living like I have eternal purpose. I'm living like I have an eternal perspective. I am living in hope. Praise God. That's what living in hope means. I live in hope. And so we're living in that hope today. All of us as Christians, no matter the journey, no matter the challenges we face, and some days are harder than others, there's, there's no doubt about that. But I'm living with this mind fixated on who I am and what I have been preordained to become and what God is going to do in my life. And I live in hope. The guiding principle here, the guiding principle here is faith. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians. I want to read a passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to read one verse in particular, but before I get there, I want to read several other verses to give you the context. You know the verse that I'm going to read, but I want to read the context so you know the setup and what Paul's talking about. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians. If you have your Bible, give me a like down there. Let me know you're awake out there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to begin with verse 1. For we know, this is one of those passages where Paul talks about the current life and how he describes it, groaning. Just like Romans 8, groaning. 2 Corinthians 5, groaning. That's the way he describes the current life, the life of struggle that we face. Notice this, 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that if the tent, talking about our bodies, the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we should be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. A lot going on here, but Paul is basically saying we live in a temporary tent. And during this dwelling here, we groan. We have these struggles and God's given us the down payment of the spirit. I mentioned that last week, but this is one of the passages where he says that God has given us the spirit as a guarantee, as a down payment. So, he says, there is resurrection coming. And he said, but for now, we groan, we struggle, we live in this earthly tent. It's temporary, and we have struggles. But listen to what he says next. So we are always of good courage. We're always of good courage. 
We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. So he says, we're not with the Lord yet. We're in this current body. But listen to what he says next. For we walk by faith and not by sight. That's how we live in hope. We walk by faith. Faith is what connects us from, is the connection between our new birth and the reality of resurrection. The in-between journey is marked by faith. That's why when we get to heaven, we won't need faith anymore. Why? Because we will have received the fulfillment of our hope. We have nothing upon which to project faith anymore. We will have received the end of our faith. But now we live in hope. We live or we live in faith, hoping to receive that ultimate end, our hope. And so faith is that bridge. Faith is that connection. And so Paul says, we live by faith. We don't walk by sight. In other words, there are times where you cannot see. Now, if you could see God, if you could see the end, if you could see the answers, that would be enough. The implication is you can't always see the evidences of that. You can't always see the victory. You can't always see the end. And obviously we can't see God. And so when you can't see the physical, Paul says, then you live by faith. Established on the word of God. Established on the promises of God. Rooted in, in having a confidence in what God has declared. Trusting absolutely in his unchangingness, in his promises, in his word, in what you know to be true about him through your experiences. Faith. Having that sense of, I know too much about God to turn around. I know too much about God to back down. I know too much about God to be overwhelmed for a long period of time here. We're going to move forward, Paul says. We're going to live. We're going to walk by faith even when we can't see. Praise the Lord. Reminds me of the Old Testament passage, Habakkuk 2 and 4. It's quoted in Galatians and uh, Romans and also in Hebrews. That, that sort of kernel foundation scripture, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith, period. It's at the core. It's at the kernel. That's what this living in hope is about. It's about living in faith. You know, many times when we're discouraged or we're been out of shape or we're down, we're, we're, you know, we're having struggles in our life, things are not going, <coughs> excuse me, the way we want. There's issues, things we're struggling with. A lot of times there, uh, those things are not because God hasn't made good on his promises or not because God has ceased to be God or not because anything has changed in the theological realm. It's because a particular vision of what we want has not come to pass. And faith moves beyond that. And those things are all very real. We all have disappointments. We all have circumstances where our lives take a turn. We thought we should have gone this way. We went that way. And we're trying to find meaning and we're trying to discern, you know, which way is forward, backward, sideways. But that's where faith comes in because faith zones all of that in and homes it in on a singular point. And that point is God. And that point is the word of God. And that point is the promises of God. And, and if God is true, and he is, then my life can be built on that. And we, we are living according to, the, to those scriptures by faith. The just shall live by faith. And so when I can't relegate or when I can't navigate by, by circumstance, my dream didn't work out. My plan didn't work out. What I thought was a God-given plan didn't work out. 
when I thought something was supposed to happen and it didn't happen, when I thought there was an answer, when I thought the pandemic was going to end, when I thought all, no, all of these things have set me uh, in what seem to be slippery places, I live by faith. I trust God. I trust God. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Hebrews 11, I read chapter 12, the beginning of it a while ago. The, the, the preceding chapter, chapter 11, I'm kind of wrapping up some thoughts here. We're almost done. Hebrews chapter 11 begins like this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's what I was saying earlier. When we don't have it, evidence of things hoped for, King James says, evidence of things hoped for. In other words, there is this hope in sight. I live in hope. I'm born into this lively hope. But I'm living in the hope now, the verb. I'm hoping now. And I have faith that that thing is going to come true. I have faith that the promises of God are yes and amen. I have faith that God's going to be good on his promises. And it's faith that connects me. Living in hope means that I'm having faith. Living in hope means that I'm trusting God. Living in hope means that I'm choosing to believe. Living in hope means that I'm choosing to walk after God in a way where, where I am absolutely confident of his timing and of his purpose and of his promises. I may not understand it. I may think it should be different. I may want to push the fast forward button. I may want to alter it. I wish he would change some things. But I am still living with the bedrock assurance he knows what he's doing. Living in Hope. I'm living in hope. I want to close with this scripture. Going back to Peter. By the way, I'm reading a lot from Peter, as you can guess, the last several weeks. Peter is writing in the epistles of Peter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, uh, to those who suffer. Uh, both uh, internal suffering in the church with issues in the church, external suffering, suffering from persecution. 1 Peter chapter 2. You know this passage. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Living in hope, living in hope is a life of worship. Living in hope is a worshipful life. And while we wait, we worship. While we wait, we praise. While we let wait, we magnify the Lord. While we wait, we glorify God. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why? That we should show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness. Some translations say that we could, so we can show forth his excellencies. In other words, during this waiting time, as I'm living in hope between my new birth and between my glorification someday, I'm going to spend the time on this earth praising God. I'm going to spend the time on this earth showing his excellencies. I will spend the time on this earth showing his glorious nature, showing his wonderful ways. Praise God. I want us to close with worship right now. We are living in hope. Uh, we, we don't know what will unfold exactly in the next couple of weeks with our, our city and regulations and all that. But I want you to know we are living in hope today. Live in faith in God. Walk in confidence in God. Walk in an assurance that you are called by his name. There is promise. There is destiny on your life. 
and you're going to walk as one who has destiny. Walk as a child of God today. Let's praise him. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness today. God, I thank you for your goodness and your mercies. God, I pray that you would be with this people right now. Everyone listening, Lord, I pray that you would move in us. I pray that you would work in us today. God, I pray that you would let faith rise in the hearts of people right now. God, I pray that right now as people are calling on your name, there would be a sense of victory, a sense of purpose, a sense of power. God, we are living in hope today. Lord, we are living with the sense that your, your spirit is going before us. Let our faith be exercised, Lord, to its fullest potential. Let us trust you for every promise and every provision that you have for us. Let us walk in, in a way that is worshipful, in a way that is filled with praise today. We give you all the glory. Could you just lift your voices right now? Amen. I know you're there in your homes with loved ones. Amen. Turn your voice up to heaven right now. Grab your loved ones. Lift your voices together. Give a shout of praise to the Lord. Lord, we praise you right now. We lift our voices to you. We magnify you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, I pray victory in these homes right now. Let there be, Lord, a sense of purpose, Lord. God, if there is a sense of discouragement or discouragement in any way, a spirit even of depression or oppression that are in homes right now, I take authority over it. I pray that there would be a reviving, Lord, a renewing, a sense of hope and purpose, Lord, that there would be a sense of victory. God, we're the people of God. We're, we don't live without hope. We live with confidence, Lord. We live with an assurance. We live with that, that life and eternity is inside of us. I pray that you would speak that afresh into the people that are watching right now. Pray that you would renew, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, it feels good to worship the Lord. Sunday, we have service at 11. I challenge you to tune in. 10 a.m. before service, we have our adult Bible class. It's always a great time. And Brother Stark's teaching through the book of John. Also, Tuesdays, uh, 9 a.m., Brother Urban's doing a devotional and I encourage you to log into those. God bless you. Hang in there. Don't forget, you're living in hope.